Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stradio Lab. An intellectual podcast about straight culture. And also a stupid podcast about nothing. Don't say that. It's just true. I don't want to lie to our listeners. I'm George Severis. And I'm Sam Taggart. And, and this, this is Stradio Lab. Podcast starts now. What's up, everybody? And welcome to Stradio Lab. And can I say good morning? And can we say good morning? Good morning, Baltimore. George is on one today. He is so determined to make morning recordings a success. Well, you know, listen, I, I have <laughs> complained recently about how many of our recordings have been in the evenings. And I was like, you know, we used to record a lot during the day on weekends back when we were, um, you know, just an amateur DIY podcast. You know, we would record with mics we made ourselves. We actually hacked the mics and made them ourselves. Yeah, back... Back in the 70s. Back in the 70s. Pirate radio. You know, we were shut down by the government many times. <laughs> um, we were both arrested, in fact, for spreading yeah. propaganda. And mm -hmm. and then I thought, you know, and today we're recording at noon on a Saturday. And I was like, maybe I've been romanticizing the idea of recording at this time on weekends. And, and, and it'll get there and it'll be just as, I'll be just as exhausted. I'll be just as tired. Let me tell you something. Not the case. I have never felt better. I'm on my second cup of coffee. I've had my morning yogurt. I am hydrated because I do have also a glass of water next to me. I have come prepared with things I want to talk about. Oh, my God. I finished writing Straight Shooters literally 15 minutes before recording rather than the usual 30 seconds before. <laughs> Sam, I think you look great, sound great, and I have never been more grateful to be your friend and coworker. 
you are doing toxic positivity at me and it's really upsetting. It's no. like you're not acknowledging the fact that like this is a Saturday. It's no. actually like quite difficult to force yourself out of bed. No, it's when... not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's I was having actually the most rainy, cozy day. Yeah. And I had to clock in to my grueling podcast job. Right. My children, of which there are many, are in the other room crying. They're saying, why can't you be a father to me today on the one day? They haven't been fed in days. Yeah, they haven't been fed in days. And I said, well, mommy's got a pod. And George demanded we do it on a Saturday morning, your favorite your your favorite oh. day because it's the day you get to eat. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what are you going to do? Unionize? There's oh, one of you no. and one of me, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's so true. If I say we're working on a weekend, we're working on a weekend. <laughs> that is really tough. Wow, so funny. I am... Are you hungover? You're embarrassed. This is a HIPAA violation. This is a... You're not allowed to just ask someone if they're hungover. No, I can. <laughs> um, I would say I'm a little hungover. Yeah. It's not crippling. I would have slept a little longer if I didn't have a podcast, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I had the most adult night last night. And oh, maybe no. that's why I also feel... You love that. I mean, we all love that. What did you do? What did you do? Well, yes. I mean, to have an adult night is actually one of the most fulfilling things that can possibly happen. More so than I would say professional success <laughs> is to just like go to a dinner. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your adult night. So I went to a Shabbat dinner um, at my at my friend's house. Maybe I won't dox them because, you know, who knows in this day and age. But it is a lesbian couple with two children. Huge. You're doxing them? I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) People are Googling which lesbian couples have two children in the Brooklyn area. Jewish, Jewish, Jewish lesbian (laughs) couples. Jewish lesbian children. (laughs) Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. (laughs) And, you know, we were like playing with the kids and there was like you know, just kind of like, uh, you know, that that kind of conversation where it's like, it seamlessly transitions from talking about television to talking about politics to talking about, you know, real estate to talking about, oh, no. you know, how New York, what, what, New, what New York is like these days. Anyone see any, any plays recently? Anyone see any <laughs> movies recently? And at one point, one of their kids actually took a photo of all of us because they had this like instant camera. And he goes, okay, everyone say gay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was the sweetest thing. Anyway, um, and then I got home before midnight and watched an episode of Sharon Horgan's new show, Bad Sisters. I have to say the everyone say gay uh, sounds like sounds like you were in like a holiday movie, like yeah, like on streaming on Hulu. A hundred percent about the kids getting the two lesbian moms back together. Yeah, and it's like branding itself as groundbreaking constantly. Yeah, and guess what? In this case, it was groundbreaking. <laughs> I will say, um, we later asked him what he actually said, and he did say yay, but everyone heard gay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hear what we want to hear. Yeah, we hear what we want to hear. We tell ourselves stories in order to it's live. In order to live. Um, I've actually been having sort of the opposite. I actually think being 25 is back. Whoa. Yeah, it's back Whereas in I'm kind of in my 45 era. Yeah, we're going in different directions. Interesting. Yeah, I've actually been to like multiple sort of spur of the moment house parties where I like know people to varying degrees in a way that I honestly thought had gone extinct and it's back and people are loving it. I'm loving it. Sort of walking into a space and being like, I know him through them. And like, so like Mm -hmm. we actually met over the summer, but we don't know each other that well. What do you do? 
and sort of right. It's you know dorm mixer. Yes, and it's actually huge, and I've never felt more alive. I feel like time is optional, and I feel like um... <laughs> first of all, whoa, time is optional. <laughs> is groundbreaking time is actually optional and you can opt in or opt out and i'm deciding to opt out right now sam this is like truly the the topic of a uh of, of an advice of of kind of a book it could either it could go one or two ways it could be kind of like a cliche <laughs> management book time is optional or it could yeah. be a more um you know a meditation on the concept of time and it's more literary and it sells fewer copies for sure i mean it's not a <laughs> success but at the same time you know maybe it gets reviewed in the london review of books maybe you know you get some people on twitter talking about it look some people on twitter are gonna talk about it that's for damn sure they're gonna hate it they're gonna they're gonna be cruel but they're gonna talk about it yeah it's there's a it's complicated because there's uh, people um look negatively on people who refuse to grow up it's sort of a a classic trope of film and tv even totally and yet i'm doing it and it's beautiful well, okay. <laughs> to push back on this a little bit, you know, you're doing it almost as a as a bit. Sure. You are sure, not sure. in in the ways that it matters or not. I shouldn't say in the ways that it matters, but in the you know, in the main elements of your life, you, in fact, are painting the walls of your apartment. You are decorating. You are uh, investing in your long term relationship. You are thriving professionally. You are getting regular haircuts. <laughs> you know, you're taking care of yourself, uh, you know, by, by, by working out. Sure. By eating well. Sure. And so then when you have that infrastructure, sure, you can go to a party where you don't know a lot of people. <laughs> we need, you need to have the infrastructure before you're going to these parties. Yeah. That is so when you, people. It, you need to know who you are. Otherwise, you will lose yourself immediately upon entering a party. Being 25 again is not for the faint of heart. If you are not Mm -hmm. mentally really strong, you will collapse under the pressure. Well, you know what they say? Youth is wasted on the young, which is actually, I think about this all the time in terms of like classes in college where I'm like, well, if I took classes now, I would actually pay attention and do the reading. (laughs) Like, I actually think there could be kind of a movement where, let's say from the ages of 30 two to 37 people are like now we're going to be in our 20s again by choice (laughs) yeah with purpose with focus i i fully agree yeah the last decade has just been sort of a gap year and now i'm going back into my 20s with your knowledge your 20s are a gap year (laughs) time is optional and your 20s are a gap year any questions any questions sound off um unfortunately that's genius i think we've actually nailed something it's pretty much one of the most brilliant things either of us has ever said (laughs) and i think there's no better time than now actually i'm opting into time starting now (laughs) in order to introduce our our guest oh yes you know i'll say this this guest is someone who i really had a kind of movie moment where she was on stage and i was with our good friend shalewa sharp and we and I kind of turned to Shalea and I was like, "This kid's going places." <laughs> and Shalea was like, "I agree. I thought you know we did a show recently, blah blah blah." And you know I have to say, no offense to other people that are doing stand up comedy right now, but I actually haven't had that experience in quite a while. Have you? No, it's of been like a while. seeing someone new you hadn't seen and being like, "All right, people are still out there doing comedy." <laughs> no, it's uh, it has. I have not been blessed with that feeling. Yeah, in a while. it's like I feel like people need to kind of 
pick up the pace a little bit. No, I would love if someone was um, absolutely iconic and legendary and to slay. Yeah. I would love to be wowed and blown away. I would love to feel irrelevant. As the two judges of the, the comedy scene, we would actually love to be wowed, and we would love it if someone actually brought the X Factor rather than kind of giving the bare minimum and posting photos of themselves on Instagram. Yeah, I'm so tired of um, you know someone performing and me sitting in my big throne watching them and having to slam my X button and <laughs> yeah, say, "Yeah, and yeah." Say, I haven't no. picked someone to. I haven't picked someone to be on my team, kind of in a Christina Aguilera way, in months. To be honest, yeah, I've and been sitting in my big spinning chair, and I, all I want to do is be able to spin it around. And no one has given me the gift of letting me spin it around by being be so honest, like, wowing. It's having an effect on me professionally because, like, my contract is up at the end of the year, and like, you know, all the other judges, like Christina Aguilera, Miley Cyrus, and Keith, whoever else. Um, you know, they're all they have teams like they have fully like 12 people each. I haven't picked someone in months <laughs> because I've been holding out for the perfect person. Well, and thank God they're here. And thank God they're here. <laughs> so, um, you know, everyone, you know, kind of clap in a mature adult way for Asha Ward. Hi. Oh, my God. That's crazy. You guys are giving me butterflies this early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's so early. It's like uh, noon. <laughs> it's noon. It's twelve twenty-two. Back, yeah. <laughs> Asha, though, we heard you've already cleaned your room today. I did. I woke up and I cleaned. Well, that's what I do sometimes on the weekends. You know, when you just open your eyes and you're like, "This is disgusting in here." Yeah. Hmm. So I did that. I have a small room, so it didn't take it didn't take very long. I even swept and I dusted all that. Wow. I gotta ask. <laughs> yeah, please. What, please what ask. time did you get up? Yeah. Probably like Give 10, 10 a.m. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's so tasteful. That's respectful. That's, That's really respectful. respectful. Yeah, 10 a.m. is like the perfect time. It's like a lukewarm time to wake up. I love you 10 a.m. so right. I love 10 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God. 10 a.m. is truly the perfect time. No, 10 a.m. is so perfect because if you woke up at 9, I would be like, this yeah. type A, business obsessed. Like, no. Uh, like, and the thing is, I woke up naturally. Naturally, no alarm. 10 a.m., yeah. you know what that is? That's that's breakfast scramble. That's breakfast scramble time. That's yes. two eggs and two eggs and bacon uh, time. That's the hour. If you wake up after 10, you know, you, you don't have time to make breakfast. No. You're going to yeah. maybe have a little, you know, make some toast and and and, and just shove some butter on there and, and just slop yeah. it down your gross mouth. <laughs> If you're waking up at 11, it's sort of like you need to find help. Like it's like yeah. you're yeah. irresponsible. Your life is off the rails. Like 10 is actually the only acceptable hour to wake up on a yeah. Saturday. Wow. Like when I wake up at 11 plus like I did today, yeah. I'm sort of like, don't tell people. Like I'm like, I need to. <laughs> <laughs> this is my little secret. It's yeah. embarrassing. Sometimes yeah. I'll sleep till like 3 p.m. on a weekend though. It just depends. I mean, I was the king of that when I was younger like especially at points in my life where I've been either unemployed or like a freelancer and and you know I don't have a set schedule I think I can keep it together but I love staying up late exactly. oh me too and if you do it once you're fucked right wait you guys are hungover well I am Sam I would say I to be honest with you because I both have a cold and I'm over caffeinated I can't tell if I'm hungover <laughs> I just kind of feel vaguely out of it. I can't tell if I'm hungover either. I'm either high right now or I'm hungover. But also, I'm, I'll am i drink like two vodka sodas and be like, last night was crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Ash, let me tell you something. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Um, I wish I had some sort of take on. Um, oh, I was drinks. like, I'm the edge of my seat. I, was, <laughs> I, I thought you were formulating like something that would bring all of this together. No, I was like, drinks, um, drinks, hung hangovers. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get worse. No, yeah, stuff's crazy though, for real. Yeah, um, for real, for real. Um, uh, yeah, this is my new character, really, really bad podcaster. <laughs> yeah, for real, it's crazy. No, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> no, like drinks, man, fucking crazy. <laughs> Whoa, oh, that just became toxic. How so? And what, like and that what? tone, that tone, I was like, suddenly I was afraid you were gonna call me a faggot. <laughs> you really embodied that character. Thank you. I, I did get lost in it for a moment. You recently watched American Pie, yeah. I recently watched American Pie and it's honestly, you know how when you watch a horror movie and you like walk out of the theater and you see the world a little bit differently? Yeah. yeah. I kind of feel that way with American Pie where now I'm like, like I'll see a woman and be more misogynistic and be like, what happened to me? And it's Wait, like, it oh, I watched that movie. Time? Yeah. Wow. Wait, it was your first time seeing it? Yeah. Damn. Wow. Because I was always like, what is this? And then it was like, that movie should be like illegal. I can't believe yeah. that it's made. <laughs> like, I feel like it's the first bad. time I saw that movie, I was truly like a child, like not even a, like maybe like a preteen or a child. And <laughs> I'm like, if that's affecting your adult brain, I wonder the, the ways in which it's molded my <laughs> my soft <laughs> one. It really was like, oh, any teen boy that saw this was a psychopath, like for like at least two years. And a lot of teen boys saw it, you know? Yeah. So I have a memory of watching American Pie. Somehow I procured it, even though it was rated R from Blockbuster. I truly don't remember how. And then I was trying to secretly watch it alone in our basement. This is when I we lived in New Jersey. And an aunt of mine was visiting, my mom's cousin. And she came downstairs and was like, oh, you're watching a movie? I'll join you. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. She's now going to, like, we're now going to watch this incredibly inappropriate movie together. And I was so nervous, so nervous, so nervous. And then she started just laughing at all the jokes and was like loving it and was like having the time of her life. And I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea you were a cool aunt. (laughs) (laughs) And it was honestly a pretty major bonding experience for us. Really? Yeah, that's like my memory. I mean, I'm sure if I would watch it now, I'd be horrified. But like at the time, I thought it was funny that like, you know, women were humiliated at every turn. (laughs) It really... Also, like when you hear about a movie so much, like hearing about the like this one time at band camp, like I was expecting this to be the biggest sleigh line of all time. I was expecting to be guffawing and like sort of needing to say it to other people and be like, like now I get it. Now I'm always saying this one time at band camp. And it's like this line is a flop. Like this line is not funny. It's really bad. You know, when you watch something, I don't know, I feel like I feel like a time something shifted where it's like you'll watch a movie that was made in like 2000 something and you're like, whoa, this was really good during the time. But now it's just like not like what happened? Yeah. But you know what? People will see will think that about things currently, too. Like a lot of things that are written as though they are tweets, like when people are. You know, it's yeah. like the, the literal dialogue will be like, not me drinking coffee right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we kind of like half-heartedly accepted. And in seven years, people will be like, was everyone okay yeah. back then? No, no, was that no, Trump? No, no. <laughs> and honestly, it was. And honestly, it was. So, Asha, what's your favorite Trump-inspired media? My favorite <laughs> Trump-inspired media. 
Damn, I actually don't even watch TV. Wow, <laughs> that's radical. That's um, radical. Damn, uh, I don't know the news, Fox News. I don't know what they be doing. Do you love Fox News? You love Fox News. Yeah, I love. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'll watch the news. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I actually agree that sometimes I will watch the news. <laughs> you can't do it all the time. I feel like whatever. I feel like new, the news I get is like people is like the streets. Like people would just <laughs> like you know just be saying shit. Yeah, you have to just go around asking. We yeah. need to return to like this kind of, you know, it's like the villages my ancestors in Greece grew up in. Like you, you, <laughs> yes. there needs to be like a small town square and you kind of just have to like hear by word of mouth what happened at the Supreme Court. People yelling in it. Yeah. yeah. This is such a good, this is how I get my weather now. Like I get my weather by asking Misha, what's the weather today? And <laughs> exactly. And I actually find it's the more efficient way to get the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question. Was media a mistake? Was mass media a mistake? Yes. Should we go yeah. back to just word of mouth? Just word. <laughs> only word of mouth. Only word of mouth. I mean, that's perfect. You're not even allowed to like make a little handwritten newsletter and post it at the church. You have to go no. to the person that you want to see, speak to and yell at yeah. them in their face. Yeah, you have to make an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like, why not try it out? Clearly what we have now isn't working. We could at least like... I read about this town in New Hampshire that like libertarians took over and it like uh, collapsed pretty quickly. But um, I do think we could sort of find a small um, New England town to take over and ban media and ban the written yeah. word and sort of see how it <laughs> how it works out. Yeah, and I be... think it could be huge. Yeah, I don't know if we. I don't know if I want to ban the written word. Maybe only fiction. Ban fiction or have no, ban. No, you can only write fiction. Like you can't because I don't want. Basically, what I'm trying to get rid of is misinformation. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, if you're writing a novel, that's fine. That's like art. But I don't want people writing like breaking news alert. Sure, that's sure. where it kind of falls right. apart. But I do think on the in the novel, every single page should have like a big watermark that says fake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Not true. This is lies. <laughs> This may or may not be an opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll see you guys there. George, are songs allowed in this um, town? Um, okay, so songs are allowed, but they can't have an element of truth to them like we didn't start the fire. <laughs> okay. Like we didn't start the fire is like based on facts and like historical, uh, you know, events. I feel like that would get too confusing. I actually think in the spirit of like a town crier tradition, like that's the only way to know history is like you have to sing the song about oh, like. Oh, you're right. Like the guy. Actually, you're who right. Was... Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. I, I'm allowing songs and I'm allowing kind of like storytelling by the fire. Oh, that's nice. How will the rule breakers be dealt with? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's harsh actually... their punishment. You're asking the right questions, honestly, because that, the thing, this is like the thing when, when people are like, wouldn't it be nice if the world was X, Y, Z? The big question is like, how, and would, how would the rule breakers be dealt with? <laughs> I mean, that's, like, I don't know. I guess um, they would have to uh, read three novels. Okay. Mm. That's pretty um, soft on them. They are breaking yeah. the rule. It's and pretty they're... like a slap on the wrist, huh? Well, they'd be like, they'd be bad novels. I thought it was going to be more like you're going to cut out their tongue or something. So yeah, I thought can't... they were going to be like flogged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some of, us, some of us actually want to punish them, George. Some of us are actually tough on crime, you know. 
the people that bring media into the place where media is not allowed. One of the reasons I never won any of the elections is because I'm not tough enough on crime. Whereas the two of you are kind of president and vice president. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm kind of like a Dennis Kucinich figure, <laughs> like <laughs> tweeting all day. Well, I love our fictional town. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's time for our first segment, believe it or not. Wow. 
Um, okay, Asha, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in it, we ask you a series of rapid-fire questions to gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. It's basically this thing or this other thing. And the only rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions or you'll be punished as um, criminals in our town are. Yes. Damn. It really is just one thing or another thing. Um, George, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Okay. Asha. Wheat Thins or Fat Joe? Wheat Thins. Okay. Um, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Or Ra Ra Rasputin? Ra Ra Rasputin. Okay. Repotting a plant? Or respecting the flag. <laughs> Repotting a plant. Gone Girl or Boy Erased? Gone Girl. Okay. The January 6th Committee or the Itty Bitty Titty Committee? <laughs> the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. <laughs> okay. Nicki Minaj's Pound the Alarm, Beyonce's Ring the Alarm, or Wham's Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go? Damn, we gotta go with Nicki Minaj Pound the Alarm. Okay, Asha, a cheeky New Yorker cover or a sneaky adulterous lover? Ooh. A cheeky New Yorker cover. <laughs> wow. Intellectual. Okay. Intellectual. Philadelphia cream cheese or Brooklinen? <laughs> Philadelphia cream cheese. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I wow. have to say... That was an incredible performance. There was such a confidence there. Yeah, I really think you did extremely well. And I think you picked unexpected answers. I think you immediately were in the zone, didn't ask any follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was kind of, you know, that was one of those, you know, it could go viral, the clip of you answering those (laughs) questions. It's it's kind of like when someone's on the (laughs) Kelly Clarkson show and they say something like, the tiniest bit funny, and then people shit their pants. <laughs> that came at me so fast, I didn't even know this podcast had segments. <laughs> yeah, we kind yeah. of like to hide it from our guests. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, it's one of our podcast's biggest secrets is that actually we have segments. Wow. <laughs> and we pretend like we're sort of this alternative, free-flowing podcast that doesn't have any rules, and then every week around that 25-minute mark, we do a segment. Yeah, there's segments. Yeah, it's actually pretty. <laughs> and, then, and then suddenly, you know, we're at the Republican National Convention. Suddenly yeah. there are rules. Suddenly, you know, Ann Coulter is speaking next. It's toxic. It's honestly, <laughs> it's militaristic, and we're funded by the military, which yeah. is... Part of what's awesome. And you know about- what? We're not going to apologize for it. <laughs> you get your money where you get your money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not illegal to make a living. <laughs> um, so, Asha, I kind of like want to get into our topic. So, we were kind of brainstorming when we got on the Zoom and we were like, what can, what, how can we pull from your life, from your life experiences? And, and find something that is straight. And then you mentioned something that happened to you recently. And I was like, oh, rudeness yeah so i would love to kind of know yeah like what 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 um brought that to mind what was that experience like for you how are you (laughs) i'm good it's just you know when you know when yeah i was having such a good day yeah and then this lady okay so i work at a pediatric dentistry right and we get super busy after school because everybody wants to bring their kids to the dentist after school right and then this lady comes in with this kid's and we're, we're a little bit backed up, not going to lie. So they have to wait maybe 10 minutes, which is not bad for the dentist. But my dentist has like no wait times. 
And then they go in and then she's like, oh, he needs to have his tooth pulled, but he needs to have it today because because we need we need that done today because we can't come back. And we're like, okay, but you have to wait for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they're waiting for maybe an hour, which I'm like, yeah, that's a long time, but you de- you're making demands. She like came up to the desk and was like, can you ask them? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll ask, but there's just like people in the chairs. And so I'm asking. And then one of the assistants comes out and she's like, so do you guys hate us? <laughs> she's like, I feel like you guys hate us. Like, is there something we did to you? And she's like, no, I feel like like you guys hate us. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like sitting there and I definitely laughed. I definitely <laughs> laughed. And then she like darts at me and she's like, you should not be laughing at your patients. And oh then, um, yeah, then they went to the back and I, she was, they told me she was talking mad shit <laughs> about me. And um, that's pretty much it. Damn. But that happens like every single day there. And I, and yeah. I work, I work at a pediatric dentistry in Williamsburg. Oh, um, that'll do it. So that's what I'm kind of dealing with with that, you know. It, would you say it's kind of like, uh, you know, hipster, like overgrown hipsters who then had kids? No, it's like no. it's like it's like fucking tech. It's like tech bros and their wives oh. and like they're like Lululemon women. I see. I see. It's second generation Williamsburg. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. It's the people that. Oh wow! It's like Murray Hill. It's the people with money. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but I think that's a trait. That's a str- that's a street. Tra- I'm like, no one gay that comes in there has ever been mean or rude to me. Yeah. Well, it's the kind of the 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 dominant. It's basically not. I I know it's cliche to to talk about like customer service. You know, can I speak to the manager? That kind of thing. But that is basically it is a is a, it is a way of life where like whenever anyone is in any capacity in a customer service role. It's this like mentality of like, well, they have to be dominated. I know, right? There's something sick in the brain of the of the. I, there's something in it. I don't know. Stanford Prison Experiment. There's the, the, there's yeah. definitely studies about that. Uh, you know, even just last night, I was waiting to um to pick up a pizza from a restaurant, a fancy pizza restaurant, and people kept coming up and they kept being like, yeah, it's like a two hour wait, and this kept happening. And uh, finally, this one family of five came up and they're like, yep, four people in a stroller. And we called about a half hour ago. And they're like, yeah, it's like a two hour wait. And he's like, well, we called a half hour ago. And then they were like, yeah, we don't do reservations over the phone. And he was like, yeah, I just don't understand because I called. And he was like, I'm sorry, sir. We don't do reservations over the phone. You can wait two hours. And I was like, this is a nightmare. And such a (laughs) and then the straightest part about it was then like the wife was like, babe, it's fine. Babe, it's fine. And I was like, oh no, this is so dark. I have to say, I that is such a particular dynamic. And you kind of realize that for a lot of straight couples, that's just like their life is like the guy being an asshole constantly. And then the woman being like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. We can go next door. <laughs> oh, don't mind him. Like apologizing both to him and for him at every turn. Yeah, yeah. It's rough. But but I will say in this case, Asha, it seems like it was a woman. That it was, was flip-flopped and the guy, the, yeah. the dad wasn't apologizing, but he was like not really having anything to do with it. Yeah. He was just kind of standing. But it's like, eh, whatever. Well, you know, you put on those Lululemon leggings and you do actually become the man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out like what happens. Like I do think there's something about having children and feeling such a lack of control that when there is someone that legally has to 
serve you or work for mm-hmm. you, you like dig into it and you're like, if it's not going your way, you're like, but you have to. I feel like there's just something in the in the brain that where people will if they have an opportunity to exercise power, they will do it. Yes. <laughs> I've witnessed this with bus drivers. I've witnessed it with everything. People who are working CTA and they're like, oh, just let just let me just let there was like an old lady trying to get on the bus for free. And this guy was mm-hmm. like, why should I let you on my bus? I'm like, just let her on the bus. Yeah. Wow. You know what it is too? It's like the people that probably come to your um, office are like, let's say someone's like a VP of marketing, right? So at work, she is answering to like the CEO and the CEO has so much power over her. And now she is in the space where she clearly has more power than you. And she's like, well, finally, I can be a bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's psychology. That's yeah. psychology. So the gay versus straight element of this, I do think gay people have a reputation for being rude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Gay men specifically, I think they have a sort of, their reputation precedes them of being Being um, bitchy. bitchy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I do think in a place of work is different. It's different than being bitchy socially, which I'm like, even that can be kind of like fun, spicy. But- yeah. And then there's a difference between being a bitch where it's like in a, in a place of business. Yeah. Yeah. And specifically to, to, to someone who works like who, who works in a front facing role, like in a customer facing role. Yeah. So wait, what are you doing at this dental place? Are you like, I'm just a receptionist. I don't even like, I don't know. I really be in that job, like really checked out. I'm like there on YouTube and stuff. Oh, um. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a classic to that's be a front tight. desk person. That's that's like, you know, yeah, this woman um, like woke me up out of a out of a daze to harass <laughs> me. <laughs> wow, It's so boring. I don't even have anything. That job is just so boring. I don't know. How did when when did you start working there? How long have you been there? November. I've been there for a long ass time. <laughs> oh, for like a year. Yeah. yeah. When they interviewed you, were they like, so tell me about your experience with teeth? Or was it just like, like, here we really have to love teeth. (laughs) (laughs) They really liked that I worked with kids before, which is crazy because I've never, I never talk to or even see the kids at the dentistry because the counter is simply too high. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, I I was an improv teacher at a Jewish summer camp, like right before I had this job. Oh, that's so cute. So they liked that I was working with kids. Yeah. I mean, it must be something to see kids basically on like the worst day of their lives, which is when they have to go to the dentist. Yeah. Some kids really like it. Really? Uh, it's not the kids that are the issues. It's the parents. That's what's happening. Yeah. Kids are still really lovely at that age where it's like the world hasn't gotten to them and their parents' totally. toxic personalities haven't gotten to them yet. But yeah. the parents be fucking fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like New York City as a place to have children does seem like I could see how quickly one would lose their mind. Like, yeah, I think like I would go crazy in like uh, four days. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because we see kids of like all ages. So you can see the age where it really starts taking effect. It's like around 13, 14. They start like, yeah. <laughs> molding to their society that they're in totally they start being like maybe i can try being rude like and then the parents are like oh my god baby's first being rude to a customer service uh yeah representative baby's first outburst in public yeah baby's first outburst. baby's first like bitchy look at someone who's just doing their job yeah 
Yeah. Oh, the baby didn't tip. <laughs> yeah. Baby's first no tip. Baby's first bad rep. Baby's Yelp review. No <laughs> Baby's first let me talk to the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever been rude to a customer service representative? This is a really good question. I think accidentally, probably. Because I'd be in moods. I think probably. I'm trying to think. Now. And that's why I'm like, shit is so... It's so gray, no black and white, but I'm like, yeah, could have been just a bit. And like, so many people are just totally. having bad days. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah. how many times have that has that been me? But I've never been like I, crazy with it. <laughs> I've yeah. never been crazy with it. I have done, I mean, sometimes you really are just having the worst day and you're just like not paying attention. Or yeah. like, I've had it happen where like someone's like, hi, how, how's it going? And then I you know not really paying attention immediately go back with like i'll have an americano yeah <laughs> and you're I've like no. done that. and then and then i kind of you like realize what you've done and then and then sometimes i'll try to make a bit of it and be like first of all hello you know <laughs> <laughs> and they're like yeah i don't care either like this isn't like whatever I we know. can do this transaction but yeah or like sometimes if i am pissed off especially if it's like someone on the phone at for at&t or something then I'll like, they'll take, they'll bring me to the point where I do say something slightly rude and then I immediately feel bad. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then I overcompensate by being like, listen, I know this isn't your fault. Like you're literally just doing your job. Like we're both humans in this crazy planet we call earth. <laughs> yeah. I do. I think I've never been rude to someone in person, but I have definitely, I almost like as a rule, <laughs> I'm rude on the phone. Really? I, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, something about it. It's so like bureaucratic and like, yeah, like they reward bad behavior. Like the only way to actually get what you want is to be rude on the phone. A hundred percent. Especially it's, if it's like one of those things where it's like you have to jump through so many hoops just to talk to a person and they're like, let me transfer yeah. you. And you're like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's no. Like, I've been transferred four times. Yeah. Like, you're going to you're going to fix this for me now. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I actually. OK, can I say something that's going to bring this back to something we were talking about earlier? So basically what we're saying is that the farther away you are from in person, the more rude you are. So it's like <laughs> on the phone, you are more rude. I would argue that over email, you can be even more rude because yeah. you can truly be like. Fuck you. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, expand that to the whole world. That's why mass media is even worse. <laughs> That's why mass media is the highest evil. Because you are like as as far away, as far away from person to person as you can possibly be. So it's like the farther away you are from face to face, the more rude you are. And that's why literally like Tucker Carlson is the way he is. Oh, my God. Wow. We need to ban media. We got to the bottom of it. We got to the bottom of it. This we is need to amazing. ban the industry we're all in. And then <laughs> now. And then it's influencing the way we act on a small level, which is then in influencing the way we act on a larger mass media level. 100%. It's, a, it's all so cyclical. It's oh also God. cyclical. And and you know what? You're oh, absolutely right. It's like we're now all acting like real housewives yeah. face to face because we're like, well, that's what people do on the TV. Yeah. Media is a virus and we're all infected. <laughs> And we're uh, all infected. <laughs> I literally on Fire Island this summer, like there was this like running joke between some people where they were like, we're being the housewives. No. And I was like, you're actually about to fight. Like this is turning into a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Or like when you're yeah. watching, a, um, some, I'll see videos on Twitter of like someone going crazy to McDonald's and you're like, damn, what if I did that? Yeah, there are some times where it like comes to you and you're like, 
Uh-oh. I'm like, uh-oh. It's bubbling up. Yeah. I could do it. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, they face little to no consequence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they went viral. <laughs> Huge. Asha, you're literally pointing out, um, to bring it back to the other thing, I saw a video of someone going fucking crazy in a McDonald's, and in the same way that American Pie changed my view of women for an afternoon, I have seen McDonald's differently ever since, and I actually see it as a place of trauma. Was it the and- hatchet? <laughs> Yes. Oh my god, I saw that too. I was like, oh my god, I didn't even know you could just do that. And then they inter- did you see the interview with the guy after? No. They found him and he's not he's chilling. <laughs> like nothing like nothing happened to him. <laughs> Who found him? Was it like the local news or was it just like a guy? Yeah, the local news interviewed him. He's like, Yeah, I started smashing shit because I wanted to show people that you can't just like beat me up. <laughs> he's like, so I smashed the McDonald's. <laughs> oh my god. That video was terrifying. He's like chilling. <laughs> Damn, he's in a better mood than we are. Wow. I bet he wakes up at 10 a.m. She yeah. <laughs> Every morning without an alarm. <laughs> wow. George, have you seen this video? No, I'm, I was trying to kind of let you guys have this moment. I really Damn, have not. You got to see it. It's on there online. All right. Okay. I will see it. I'm not going to make yeah. I'm not going to make you guys explain it to me on air. You know, last night when we were com- when I was coming home, um, or in fact, when Matthew was coming home, there was a McDonald's bag. Someone had ordered like DoorDash McDonald's and it was just like a fresh bag of McDonald's in the entryway and I was like what if we take it I've had thoughts like that before that's a dilemma yeah we did we didn't for the record but I'm but there is a part of do you ever think of like how I mean this is how just like a certain amount of rule breaking is okay because it's like built into the system yeah. You're like, yeah, I can I can take this McDonald's back now and then someone will do something bad to me another time and it all kind of evens out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no way. I think no. Well, if, I didn't do it, so if there That's was good. if I was in a particular mood, I would have done that. Yeah. But I would also be expecting that to come back to me some at some point down the line. Exactly. I mean, I really do essentially believe in karma. <laughs> yeah, I do too. You wanna know something crazy that happened to me? Yes. I was walking home from this terrible job one day. This was actually, I think, the same week. This all happened the same week. You know, like one of those chalkboard things that coffee shops have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was walking <laughs> past one. That's uh, my puppy. Um, mm. I was walking oh. past one and there was like a thick ass, heavy ass American Express credit card just sitting on it. And my body grabbed it before I even knew what was going on. And I put it in my pocket and then I, I saw it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> And I started texting everybody I knew. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. And I like, I like linked in the owner trying to, because I was going to return it. I tried to like go into the store yeah. that it came out of, but no one was in there. Um, And then I was like, oh my God, what do I do? I was like, I wonder if it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, you my have brain, to see if it works. My brain was like, I wonder if it works. So then I did use it to get on the train. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did use it to get on the train. Well, here's a question though. When you looked the person up on LinkedIn, because to me, my instinct is like, okay, if they're a CEO, I'm using the they card. They had like, uh, they had a good job. They had a yeah. good job, and yeah, I looked them up on LinkedIn. I was like, all right, you're not hurting for yeah. this two seventy five, right? Because here's the other thing: is like, what's gonna happen is they're gonna get that money back anyway, even if you go on a shopping spree. Like, they're yeah. gonna report their card stolen and get it back anyway. So it really, so basically, I'm sorry, but like you're stealing from American Express. Exactly. Yeah, which is activism. Which I like activism. surveyed my, my, I asked my brother because he's like the uh, resident. My brother, the way, he, my brother has like a new phone. We have like the same 
plan, but I still have like an iPhone six. And I was like, How'd you get that? And he was like, I found it uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Someone left their phone on the table at Buffalo Wild Wings, so now I have an iPhone like sixteen wow. or whatever. That's um, iconic. He's like the resident scammer, so I was like texting him, and I was like, so what should I do with it? He was like, I personally would just go to the store. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, damn. No, but I threw it away. Wow. That's very ethical of you. Yeah, did the karma come back? Did somebody gift you something big later on because you were good? No, I don't think, I I don't know. No, it, nothing good happened. I was almost bad with it. I had a real, I had a dilemma. Mm. But I was like, also just because I'm like, I will, I will spend this, I'll do this just because I hate Williamsburg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, respect. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. 
Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now I'm like, have I ever stolen anything? Let's think. Does that count as stealing? <laughs> we were like, I, I remember one time, like, my we were at a department store and my sister, my sister was like truly like a, ba- a baby, like, and she just like took a lipstick and my mom found it when we had already gotten home and actually went back and returned it to the department store, which I'd say I would not have done. If my baby like accidentally took a lipstick, I would have been like, well, let's not let that happen again. Yeah. <laughs> but I just like distinctly remember that being something she did and being like, oh, wow, stealing is like really bad. Like you really can't do it. Yeah. One time when I was like, maybe like six or seven, I think I stole a, a pog like um 90s kids know like the <laughs> you know what those things were um I actually don't I'm sorry <laughs> okay that's okay uh, they were a popular uh thing in the 90s for a okay. moment um and I stole one from a store and I was racked with so much guilt when I got home it was but I didn't know what to do about it because I couldn't take just take it back to the store I was 7 yeah but yeah. I knew I was stealing and I felt bad so if you're at that store out there I'm this is my public apology I gotta be honest, I don't think I ever feel bad for stealing from a store, but I do feel bad. I don't, I feel, I feel, I feel bad about stealing from like an individual. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, yes. I mean, it's like the American Express thing. It's like, nope, ethically speaking, morally speaking, there is nothing wrong with stealing from American Express. If anything, the reason why I'm less likely to do it is because of my own like neuroses rather than any kind of like larger moral argument like yeah. I don't want to be put in a place where there is a chance I would get caught it's I know right I, I was just it's not that I feel bad about American Express if you could steal from any person who would it be and why hmm. Ooh. I'd steal from that lady I'd steal from that lady <laughs> <laughs> I'd go into her house and I'll, I'll take the things I, that are not even like valuable that I just know she likes <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like emotional. It's like emotional work. Yeah, you're like, what has the highest sentimental value here? Oh, your kid's little drawing. Yeah, that I'll she go to your house and one. steal all your fucking picture frames, lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's actually like to go into someone's house and steal picture frames and kids' drawings and nothing else would be one of the cruelest things you could possibly do. <laughs> Did her throwing a fit help? Did she get her kid in the dentist chair faster? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. Yeah. Damn. So, Have I mean, you ever talked back to someone being rude and like laid down the law? I think usually that's what I do. I don't know. I'm not. Well, I haven't. Usually when. Well, chances are if someone someone sometimes people will call the dentist and being crazy. And I'm like, I can already hear it in your voice. We don't take your insurance. I'm like, we don't take your insurance. <laughs> I love weaponizing the insurance industry. So it's mostly like that. Then then I'll just ask them, I'm sorry, are you going to be using insurance with us? And they'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, sorry, we don't take it. Wow. That's amazing. Well, and that way you do have, that's the thing is like, they think they have power over you, but in yeah. in a much more material way, you do have power over them. Yeah. And when people are being rude, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you, you're going to, I'm going to make you have the most inconvenient time exactly. and appointment three and months somehow out. they don't get that like, yeah somehow they think that their actions don't have consequences i know but th- and this is the thing with power that you're saying it's like they don't even they're so blinded by the temporary power they have they don't even think 
far enough ahead where like you are literally someone in charge of their appointment. Also, I'm like literally if I were a different person with who is crazy, I have all of your addresses and social security numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I have all of that shit. <laughs> Just saying if I was a different person and if I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that so often with restaurants too, like if someone's being if you know, if someone's being rude, like People will spit in their food. I, I'm like, I don't even have to steal your identity. All I have to do is just forget about your social security somewhere on a sticky note. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to just leave it somewhere. Yeah. But th- but that's not me. <laughs> no. no. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to think of like other like elements of rudeness and how they're straight. I mean, I guess in a way it's almost like a lack of not following the social contract in some way. It's also main character syndrome. Yeah, it yeah. is feeling like nothing bad can happen to you too. Like almost yes. being like, I can do this without consequence. I think people who tend to be super rude, or at least I'm, I don't know, I don't know. They tend to be people who, I don't know. It's But it, I guess it's both ways. There's a, there's a, There's like some people who are rude because they've never been like, They've never felt uh, marginalized in any way. And so they have this main character syndrome. And then there's people who are rude because they have been marginalized. <laughs> so it's like a form back. of survival. It's yeah. like a defense mechanism. Yeah. That's actually a very good point. So rudeness is intersectional and beautiful. Rudeness is yeah. intersectional, <laughs> and, intersectional and beautiful. Yeah. It is true, though. It is true that rudeness can be a form of oppression or a form of empowerment. I know. <laughs> when you think about it, actually. Huh. Wow. I guess this is a call to action. <laughs> and you know what? And you know what? When it's a form of oppression, it's like, okay. And when it's a form of empowerment, it is uh, punished. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And that's actually why people in marginalized groups get reputations for being rude. It's like, oh, gay guys are bitchy. Are they? Or are they just trying to survive? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> This is how we win. Cattiness as a survival mechanism. Yes, cattiness, sassiness, <laughs> bitchiness, like all these things. You're like, yeah, but have you seen like what, you know, a guy in a suit ordering a muffin sounds like? Right. He's more catty and sassy and bitchy than anyone else. Yeah. yeah. Probably the meanest man on earth. Yeah, he sucks. I think people in New York are also, <laughs> people in New York are also just like rude. But it's also because I've noticed, I don't know, it's maybe it's because I've, I don't know. When did you guys move here? Uh, 10 years ago. So a long ass time. I'm still kind of new here. I moved here in November. And I oh, noticed wow. that it's just so New York is super charged with energy. Like it's just so like, everyone's just it's like moving. It's like, everything is in constant motion. It's like even yeah. there's like, it's just so people can be like fired up. So it's totally. like really, it's it's easy for things to send you over the edge here. It takes a lot of work to maintain a sense of like internal balance. Yeah. <laughs> and to not have it affect you. And you also get the sense that if you stop moving, you will be trampled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, headphones are key. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are. I think about this. It's like, on the one hand, you are so right that headphones are key. And just like, literally just like looking ahead and, and ignoring everything is the, or- I mean, the things we see that like are truly like deeply scarring and you just have to like ignore them. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. But on the other hand, then you're also kind of like, well, wait, I'm. I'm literally like in this city paying like an insane amount of money to live here. I have no savings because of that, blah, blah. So I should at least like take it in. (laughs) 
So on the one hand, you want to ignore everything. On the other hand, you're like, well, you know, <laughs> I have three good years left. Like, <laughs> I, I need to, like, take in the hustle and bustle. No, that's true. But in the in those commuting times, anytime, like, I used to be more like a no headphones person. And now I'm like, even if I'm, like, walking with Misha, I'm like, can we wear headphones and just, like, listen <laughs> to something? Because no. I hate, I do. I, like... Because I like, there's too many noises. I'm like sick of all the noise. I'm, I need like oh to block God. it all out. You know, I think you're kind of like, I could see you soon, you know, having like an upstate era. <laughs> you, the way that that would not be 25, the way that would be 45, yeah, is scary to me. And it, but, you know, it could be beautiful, of course, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid of it because I worry that once I have an upstate era there's no coming back there's no coming back i totally i i, I worry about that with myself as well also i've decided it's, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna move to vermont i want to okay. go upstate i've never been upstate oh my god you, you are gonna you love you it would love it <laughs> <laughs> um, where were you before new york uh i was in chicago i went to college there i went oh. to columbia college chicago oh sure okay. yeah okay do you feel like there was a brand of rudeness in Chicago that was different than the brand of rudeness in New York? Yeah, for sure. But in Chicago, it's usually it's just like racism. It's the brand <laughs> yeah. of rudeness. Um, yeah, we don't have that here. Yeah, New York is free of that since two years ago. Yeah. Um, but no, Chicago, it's like it's way less busy. And I also had a very chill job there. I was also like a student and I was only working part time. So I guess this is my first real job. <laughs> uh, but um, that's not like virtual. Yeah. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. I gra- well, I graduated like right d- uh, when the pandemic was happening, uh, like oh, in twenty twenty one. So, but yeah, no, Chicago. I don't know. I guess I've never had to deal with that crazy that craziness, mm-hmm. and it's just like you can breathe in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> you can breathe there. <laughs> you know that um, I have never been to Chicago. Really? Really? It's like one of the. Well, I was about to completely say a, 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 an insane statement, which is that I was about to say it's one of the only cities I haven't been to. <laughs> an insane thing to say. <laughs> no, that's a genius thing to say. I get it. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's actually one of the only places I haven't been to. Um, <laughs> no, but I just mean like, you know, I've been to like a lot of major, like I've been to like LA and San Francisco and New York and whatever. Um, but I, but I, no, I've never been to Chicago, even though everyone says I would love it. Yeah. Um, and it's such a big comedy city that it's weird that I've never like, that I've never visited. Next time we're going, we're going to the Bean. <laughs> we're going yeah. to the Big Bean, baby. Live from the Bean. You have like Chicago vibes. Thank you. I, I mean, who knows? But thank you. <laughs> yeah, it could be, it could be a drag. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> well, Asha, I mean, this has been. Wait, are we done or are we? Uh, I, it was my instinct to 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 go into our final segment, but actually, we don't have to. What do you? I think mean, so? if we're follow your like instinct. If you're, if you're there, yeah. I mean, if you're plotting. If we're sort of plotting our next trip to Chicago, yeah. I think potentially we've reached the end of the conversation. I kind of think that this is like one of the this is like one of the more fruitful conversations we've had recently. Like I feel like we reached so many conclusions. Yeah. I think and what's great about this episode is that it's actionable. And so yes. like you in your own community can start um banning media and making it illegal. Yeah. And this is something that we can all do to make the world a better yeah. place. And, and we can choose to not be rude in a in an oppressive way, and we can choose to be catty in a in a, in a self empowering way. Empowering way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That really is like 
Yeah, that kind of binary is so important. <laughs> yeah. And when you see someone being rude in an empowering way, you need to respect them exactly. and not portray them as a bad person. Because 100%. then you're being rude in an oppressive way. Yeah. yeah. And also, if someone if someone is being rude to you in an oppressive way, you have to be like, I'm sorry, you are being rude in an oppressive way. <laughs> and by saying and by saying to someone's face, you are being rude in an oppressive way, you are being rude in an empowering way. In an empowering way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow, that's beautiful. I feel pumped up, and I feel ready to go out there and be rude in an empowering way. <laughs> uh, yes. So, Asha, our final segment is called Shoutouts. And this is kind of our uh, tribute to the radio shoutout, a classic straight art form, if you will. So imagine you're on the radio, you're at, uh, you're on MTV, you're on, um, you know, uh, a, a kind of like a, a Midwestern show of some sort. Okay. <laughs> um, and you are shouting out to your squad back home something that is making you go, woo! So we are just shouting out things that we like. <laughs> Sam, do you have one? Um, sure. Okay. Yeah. I have okay. one. Too. Go ahead. What's up, everybody? Woo! I love my life. And I just want to give a huge shout out to the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. They have a new album. And I was listening to it last night at the end of the night. And I was, you know, I put it on just because I was like, what else do I put on? And then I was like, wait, I'm kind of loving this. And, you know, I was, you know, it was the end of the night. I don't know if I even heard it all. But when I was paying attention, I was like, this is enjoyable. And when a band is around for a long time, it's kind of like you should probably just give up. Like, let's be honest. Like, bands don't last um, in a good way generally because it's that's just not how it works and that's powerful and beautiful and we all die and death comes for us all but i do believe that karen o is cool forever and i love the yeah yeah yes um wow i mine is also music related love that go off okay What's up, my little munchkins out there listening to the show? I want to give a quick shout out to Empress of. Oh. Do, do you know Empress of, Sam? No. Okay, I so I've been a fan of Empress of for for years. I remember I once I saw her probably like 2017, 2018 in New York. She was an absolute slay. She was so good live. She puts on such a great show. She's so talented, incredible songwriter, a real kind of like self-made uh, story. She like does everything herself. Such great lyricist. And I saw her, my, my friend Milana and I went to see Carly Rae Jepsen recently and Empress of was opening. And the way no one in the fucking audience was giving her any respect or cared in the least made me so violently upset. I was like, who do you fucking like basic gays think you are that you can just be on your phone while this woman is doing like... I'm sorry, better work than Carly Rae Jepsen did hey, later hey, on. Hey, in the don't don't tear no, someone down. I, listen, I'm a Carly I'm a Jep I'm a Jep friend for life, but I'm I'm calling it like I see it. Like I was so upset and I was like and there was no way I mean, the only way I could kind of fight back against that would be to like be like kind of dancing around myself but then that would almost draw more attention to the fact that no one else was doing it and it would almost be like done in like a mocking way mm. so I just actually I want to give a shout out to Empress of specifically because she's truly like no no misses she's so good and also honestly to the concept of being respectful to an opener when you go to a concert because for them this is a big deal and maybe and maybe you'll learn something woo woo 
<laughs> and maybe one day you'll be opening the show and you'll wish people were respecting you. Exactly. Hell yeah. In this world, we are all just about to open for somebody. Exactly. It really, like, it. yeah, it, it makes me so, um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's also this is how I felt when um, Jenny Lewis had to open for Harry Styles. I mean, the disrespect. <laughs> oh, brother. Anyway. Okay. All right, Asha. Asha, whenever you're ready. For me... I guess shout out, there's this, I buy weed from this bodega by my house and they give me a punch card. They give me a punch Ooh. card. So at the end of it, I get a free eighth and that's awesome. So shout out them. There's also another bodega by my house where it's like, they'll accept whatever money I have on that day. So shout out. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. Shout, shout out. out. You know, them. Asha, you're describing really like a Greek village scenario with that. Yeah. Like it's, we are really going back. Yeah. They'll be like, this is $7. I'm like, I have five. And they're like, that's fine. Wow, uh, that's so nice. Shout out everybody who complimented my outfit yesterday. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Woo! 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 Wow. Well, Asha, this has been an absolute delight. We are so happy you could join us. Yeah, thanks so much for doing it. I really that. think Thank you. The, Thank lessons, the, the lessons of this, of this episode will be felt worldwide. Yeah, and if any dissenters uh, don't agree with it, well, we'll cut out their tongues and flog them. And flog them yeah. in the town square. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> All right. Go out there and be rude in an empowering way. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs>When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.